And a very good afternoon on this Thursday. It is November 25th, and tonight's the night. Oh, wait a minute. That's a Rod Stewart song. But tonight is the night that Genesis fans have been waiting for. They are here. They have arrived in Toronto for the last Domino Tour, which, of course, is their last tour ever. Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks all together for a final time. David Spargala, out of control, behind the controls, as always, for us. Huge Genesis fan. And also, you got a, what, a pair, pair of tickets for tonight? Uh, I'm going with my dad, my brother, and it's myself. Nice. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to Genesis for the past couple of days, just going through the album after album after. Oh, maybe they'll play this. I do not want any spoilers. I am not looking at the set list. I want to be entirely surprised. <laughs> Have you seen Genesis before? You're no, a huge fan, obviously. I've seen Phil Collins solo. I haven't seen Genesis um, at all. Okay, so, so this is a I'm big night, yes. special night, and it's a special night really because we will not see Genesis together again after uh, the next couple of nights uh, here in uh, Toronto. So, yeah, do you kind of go into this as a fan with mixed feelings? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad, you know, like I'm just looking at, I, I, I follow them on Instagram, so I saw a little bit of um, a video that they posted from a live show, and it's just Phil, he's like... He's so old now, and he's just... Well, he's not in the best of health, we know, but uh, I'll tell you this. Phil Collins is doing this, obviously, not for the money. He is doing this for the fans because uh, he wants to deliver a final performance and I think have a a goodbye that is befitting of him and the band. Right. Yeah. Uh, Eric Helper, our music expert, uh, he's on the line. He joins us now, and he also is a huge Genesis fan and will also, I believe... Be in attendance tonight. Uh, just how stoked are you for tonight, Eric? Well, I'd like to put out a personal call. I know that this might not be the place to do it, but Phil, Tony, and Mike, you can absolutely leave backstage passes for David's family <laughs> and my family. We will gladly take them off of your hands. I will be the short one crying throughout the entire show. I've seen this band. This will be my 24th time seeing them. Wow. Um, but um, I am absolutely excited and cross my fingers and put all of my faith tonight in MLSC for continuing to do the right thing and making sure that everybody is double vaxxed. Everybody has mm-hmm. proof. Um, and I think that's the only way that I think, um, people in 2022 are going to get to go see shows just to make sure that, you know, everybody gets there safely. Everybody comes home safely and we can all enjoy the rest of the weekend. By the way, what was the first tour you went to? If you've seen Genesis uh, about to be your 24th time, sorry. Yeah, I saw them back in 1981 with my sister um, for the Abacab tour. Um, came home absolutely stoned out of my mind just from all the smoke that was around me. Um, but it was the very first show I saw without my parents. And now I'm taking my daughter, um, picking her up from school. And we are going down and having a little bit of a father-daughter moment, just like, uh, just like you know, at least, you know, keep it in the family. That's very cool. Full circle moment then for the uh, Elper family uh, tonight as we uh, celebrate Genesis. By the way, you can have a heavy heart as we were just talking about. I mean, it's exciting seeing your favorite band but uh, you walk in there knowing this will be the last time you see them yeah this is it um yeah yeah especially you know i I thought about this a lot um you know when when you kind of grow up in your entire life you know thinking about them and watching their videos and listening to them i mean it's going to happen to everybody where one day bruce springsteen will retire one day you know you won't see these classic rock artists ever again and and knowing that uh, i that this is going to be it i mean anybody that's seen and read about phil collins latest health issues um you know, he sits in a chair, 
He doesn't move around. Um, but still, I think, you know, uh, this might be this might be better than not having them at all. So that's why I'm going. All right. As Genesis gets set to say goodbye tonight, also happening this evening in Toronto, we're going to say hello to the newly revamped Massey Hall. First show back after, I think, what has been, I think, a three-year restoration project. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, very fittingly, Eric, will uh, open up the proceedings tonight. Yeah, then the amount of, of renovations that Massey Hall has gone through, including uh, improved accessibility, there's um, new backup house, there's a new load-in for artists, there's a restored stained glass windows, there's better artist facilities on the third floor where they can rehearse and actually do live shows to video, um, they can do interviews there, there's more washrooms, there's more bars, there's comfortable seating, and depending on what show that you want to go to, you might even have the option to have general admission tickets now. Um, yeah, what's going on there? I was reading yeah. about that story uh, earlier yeah. today that the, the floor seating, uh, do, do the seats, the chairs, they actually go like down into the ground or they're removable and they can have a GA show? <laughs> Yeah, they do. They're they're more accessible. So I guess all you have to do is just hit a button and, you know, all the seats <laughs> go down. So the capacity will be um, it's about twenty eight hundred with the general admission uh, capacity, twenty five hundred um, with all of the seating. And there's new seating there. Um, there's new flexibility when you're um, when when you're a fan to kind of move around. And probably the best thing is that they're saying that even the, the foyer, which used to be pretty clogged up before a show, will now be better for fans. So we're going to get a good taste of it with Gordon Lightfoot. All right. Massey Hall is renowned for its acoustics. It's a historic venue. Where does it rank kind of in the path of the pantheon, if you will, of uh, concert halls, uh, performance centers? And uh, what is it, do you think, about uh, Massey Hall? I would easily put a top three and, and keep in mind, I haven't gone to, you know, concert halls in Italy or, or in France, which I'm sure are lovely. Um, but I think in North America, it's easily number one by far. Uh, there's just something about the way that they've used and worked with engineers and the construction crew and people in the music industry, like producers um, to, and, and other artists to find that really great sweet spot of of building material uh and height requirements so that the sound really just bounces off of one another um but definitely when you're an artist and you have massey hall on your tour schedule that's the one that you circle that's the mm. one that you put a star beside because you know most artists know that the history of that place from um you know oscar peterson to the early 1900s and back up to neil young to today it, it is just it seeps in history that makes artists want to put on um just a great all-around performance for the fans yeah it's just crazy the history of massey hall and it's so nice to have it back starting tonight i don't live far from massey hall and walking by it the last few years it's been, you know, kind of tough to, you know, watch it all covered in scaffolding and, you know, they're yeah. busy in there, but uh, it's usually so vibrant and it's nice to have that vibrancy uh, back in the neighborhood and back in Toronto and back in the Canadian music scene. Also wanted to talk to you this afternoon, uh, Eric, about the uh, weekend because uh, the weekend is making some news because uh, apparently Blinding Lights, great song, huge hit from the weekend, is now considered the number one song of all time, Eric. 
of all time, according to the people over at Billboard. They have revamped their Billboard Hot 100 songs of all time. And this is over 63 years. And for years and years and years, the number one song was Chubby Checkers, The Twist. And how they do it is they figure out. um, So if you hit number one, you get 100 points. And if you hit number two, 98 and uh, 99 and all the way down. Um, And then now that you can include streaming and YouTube views, um, they figured out that The Weekend Blinding Lights is the single biggest song in music history, along with the Beatles continuing to be the biggest group and artist of all time. So pretty big, you know, that's a that's a pretty big momentous achievement for the weekend. Yeah, is it tough to compare music? They say this about athletes, uh, different eras, right? And that uh, Wayne Gretzky played in a different era, say, than Connor McDavid is uh, right now. And same thing here, maybe when it comes to, say, the Beatles and the weekend and the way the charts are comprised. I mean, now there's so much uh, when it comes to streaming and that sort of thing that didn't exist. Yeah, you you know, whenever I post something like this on Twitter, people will always love to comment that it is different eras. And they're right. You know, the fact that the Beatles could only release one song every three months or so, or up until Spotify came along, you know, artists will be working one song for 15, 16 weeks at a time. You were lucky if you released three songs a year. And now, of course, you can, if you have an album of 28 songs, all 28 of them, if you're a superstar, will end up being on the Billboard Hot 100 because there are that many people that are watching the videos, consuming the music on Apple and iTunes and other streaming services. So you end up with Drake with 250 songs in his history on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it, 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 impossible during the era of right up until probably 2010 when artists had to work song by song by song by song. So yeah, it's different charts, but you know, records are records and records are made to be broken. And, and, you know, this doesn't take anything away from, from the Beatles or, or, uh, or the weekend. All right. And just finally, I wanted to mention the eight hour Peter Jackson produced documentary about the Beatles uh, is debuting on a Disney plus it's called uh, get back. What have you heard? Uh, what are the reviews on this? Does it offer us any unique insight into the Beatles and why they broke up? Yeah, this is completely going to change the way that everybody thought about the Beatles as bitter, angry men, knowing that the band was going to be split up. I watched it earlier this week. And, you know, Peter Jackson, the director, had almost 57 hours worth of video and 120 hours worth of audio that he was syncing up and restoring and watching and editing together what you end up looking at is a band of four guys that might have knew that this was going to be it um but they were joking around they were laughing they were just four guys in a room trying to complete an album on deadline and uh um you know so how we thought the beatles ended up and ended their careers it's going to completely change the perception that it was all you know nasty and bitter by the way, it's an eight-hour extravaganza. I mean, you're going to have to commit some time to this, right? <laughs> um, yes, but I loved every moment of it. You know, I, I didn't want to end, you know, you know, wrapping up with, with, you know, Genesis in the beginning. I mean, this is a band, you know, I was born two months before they split up, so I can't be to blame for that, but they have always been in my life in the rearview mirror. So everything I've seen, everything I've read was done in the past and the ability to look at this collectively with the rest of the world makes us just, you know, realize that this band was, was truly the greatest of all time. There's just no question. All right, Eric, pleasure as always. Thanks for this and enjoy tonight with Genesis. 
Thanks so much. We'll see you there. All right. Music expert Eric Alper, and we're back after this on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.